tonight. Mesut Ozil's marvellous performance leaves us stroking it while we talk about our full-blown directions and wonder how Arsenal's split personality performance could chuck up such shit and diamonds. All this tonight in this and Ask Brothers Rankcast. Welcome to this another Ask Brothers Rankcast. Episode 7, 10 wins in a row. We never thought we'd get here, but we're here. We're here tonight, Toby, on a Wednesday, because what the fuck, Australia? Really? 6am on a Tuesday morning for a game? Go fuck yourself. Yeah, not good. Not good. Not even before work was possible this week. It destroyed me. So, because of Arsenal's inception into Europa, it has actually made it better for me to watch games. Because majority of the games seem to be played on a Sunday in Australia and they hit maybe like between 10 and midnight, which is super easy for me because my body clock's trashed from whereas, working in bars. Whereas for us, Monday to Friday wankers, it's made it extremely difficult. It takes dedication. So the usual game plan is if it's at a time when either I'm at work and I can't come home and watch it, after work and sometimes I don't necessarily like watching a game after work because I kind of watch it a bit one-eyed and half cut and you know make wild tweets that I later have to retract what that'd, am I talking about I've never, I've never retracted anything in my life but usually my game plan is you know if the game is too late for for me to stay up for so you know it's like after 4am or after 5am that I just get up in the morning and watch the game but the problem is, by the time I got up, the game had finished and the replay wasn't up yet on Optus Sport, which is what we watch football on in Australia. And it just fucked the whole week. Really killed me. So they did the delayed thing again, did they? They, they, they did the bullshit delayed thing where you go so what, to get the game up and the game's that? not because there. It was, it was all right for me this time. That, that's Se- what usually seven, fucks me. 7.15 when I was up and moving. It well, wasn't that, up yet. Well, that's because the game was still on. Jabroni. Ah, fuck. That's why the replay wasn't on demand. Fucked hard. Fucked hard. The coverage started at five with all the pre-shit with fucking Owen, where the fuck is his accent from Hargraves? And <laughs> Doesn't and, he look um, good for his age, Owen Hargraves? He's not that Can fucking I just say? old. He was an elite athlete who retired. He's what? 40, isn't he? He'd be oh. near 40. If he retired, he's been out of the game for four years oh, at least. He, he would have oh. been 36. No, nah, because he didn't play that late. He got, remember, he got injured. He got forced to retire. He had that one, he had yeah. one year at Man U. Yeah, I reckon he's he was about 36. So, anyway. Okay, well, so, I retract that because I thought, I wrote in my notes, does Owen Hargraves looks like he's just about mid-30s? Because <laughs> he probably is. Because he probably is. Uh, Tobes, I know you've seen some of the, the, the wild anger that I, I put out on Twitter and I know we spoke for a little bit from your fucking poisonous mouth. Yeah. I I didn't, I didn't take super, super, super well to the, to the game as opposed to like, you know, majority of the fan base base who are all just waxing lyrical and stroking it. Miserable cunt. I'm not a miserable cunt, Toby. I'm a realist, right? So I think that, as we spoke about today, we might do this pod a little bit differently than what we usually do. It. We might really break it down into halves 
have a good look at both halves because for me, this was a bipolar Arsenal performance and it can't be looked at as a whole. I, I will counter that for sure. Well, counter away, Toby. Arsenal, Leicester, the longest international break of my life. I don't know if you it felt the same, but I don't know why this one was as bad as what it was, but this one just sucked. I found myself hunting for content. There's no rugby league at the moment to to fill the gap. There's essentially no sport for me mm. at this time when there's no mm. football. And, you know, apart from uh, watching England go and do Spain, in Spain, which was pretty pretty impressive. I didn't even watch it. Yeah, well, my love for the England team has obviously waned really heavily since they decided to completely backfill it with fucking spuds. So I struggle with the England team now because when you're hoping players on your team break their legs, it's difficult to get behind them. Oh, well, you're a wanker. <laughs> anyway, so I felt that um, the international break kind of the, the the anticipation for the Arsenal-Leicester game, it, it seemed to be as high as what I'd seen the anticipation in the fan base for some time. And I think that was heavily to do with, obviously, the, the run of games coming in, the fact that we, we, we seem to be on for Project 24. I think it's Project 3 now. There's three points remaining, as, um, as coined by Arsenal Vision. Um, but mm. my question to you, Toby, was, did you feel the anticipation coming into this game and before we kind of get into it get into lineups and we get into formations I just wanted to know what from the outset you actually thought the outcome of this game was because I didn't speak to you at all really over the last 10 days no, we didn't we have a lot it. of contact well it's because you're a cunt and I have nothing else to talk <laughs> to you about <laughs> apart from <clears throat> Arsenal our relationship is built on football and rugby that's about it that's about it yeah. So, what was your anticipation level coming to the game, Toby? And, I mean, how excited were you for it? Were you worried about it? Talk to me. Look, it had been warmed up pretty nicely by the um, Chelsea and Manua game. So, I, I quite enjoyed watching that. I thought it was um, quite a good battle and um, some pretty good histrionics as well, which usually follows Mourinho around. So, by the time... It came about. I was pretty. I was pretty ready for it, um, you know. And then I was really surprised with the with the lineup once again, which I'm really, really enjoying under this tutelage. Um, it's such a contrast from from what we from what we knew before. I'm, I'm pretty sure that was fairly close to what you and I. Well, it was uh, definitely the, what I had said last week because I said last week. I like this spot for Aubameyang. I like Aubameyang coming on at 60 minutes and destroying. Well, look, you know, what I thought was that the that the setup provided from the get-go a really good balance. So, you know, seeing Mkhitaryan in the team, it looked like he was going to play on the right. Well, Toby, you know. the first 45 minutes would completely fucking contradict that because mm. regardless of how the game ended, really the first 35 minutes, in my opinion, was some of the most atrocious football I've seen Arsenal play all year. Well, but I think we'll get, we'll get into that a bit later on. And a lot fine. of people seem to have touched on it. A lot of people seem to have touched on the fact that the first half wasn't good. I, it just seems that I maybe a little bit more vehemently... Just, a, just an angry, angry man. 
and I was fucked up about it. I sent you some really fucked up text messages. Like, what the fuck? To the point where what I is going on? I just ignored you. <laughs> yeah, I was, <laughs> I was, I rate. Victoria asked me because I was watching it in in like family time, you know, like I was watching it on the iPad in bed at eight o'clock at night. Victoria's like, "Why are you frowning?" I'm like, "Fuck!" I'm like, "Arsenal bullshit." Gonna hmm. get done. Paul Merson was right. She's like, I don't know who any of these people are. So, mm. <laughs> um, um, but as you said, the strange thing about that was that this was the formation that I'd called for to give us more control. Mm. And well, what it, we seemed to have, have was less control. You know, and 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 there's a, there's a number of kind of reasons for me why that ended up happening and why I was so vehemently angry about it um just to to quickly run through so over on the bench check still not fit monreal picked up a slight knock or a hamstring i believe it was but it's something small and early Kalasinac. on in the game uh, I, someone was saying kalasnak was rested and because the knock was late they didn't feel like maybe kalasnak wasn't prepared for the game or whatever it was bollocks Bollocks! He would have made um, the bench. So they bought in a, a they bought in a kid called Medley. I don't know anything about him. Is a central defender apparently. Um, Socrates picked up a new knock for Greece. That fucks me off no end. Like just retired. He shouldn't have gone. National duty he, he shouldn't have gone. He was just. He's recovering. already carrying an injury. No, that's right. That's right. So you know we start to look a little bit more settled defensively and. On that, before we dig in, do you not think that that's something that the club should be stronger as? And 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 my the, the second part to that question is: Does it one hundred percent come down to the player whether he goes on international it does. duty or not? You know, we we shouldn't be. I mean, the, the international game has already been whittled away into freaking nothingness. There's not a lot left. They don't pay his fucking wages. Oh, Max, it's international football it's supposed to be i'm not saying that i think you should be able to withhold players because you're resting them or because you have important games coming up but surely there should be some uh, a little bit more from the medical department saying In that regard, this guy's yes. barely played we're yeah. not going to send him if it's common, within a certain common sense should prevail especially with the with the organization that pays your wages yeah yeah uh first up for lichsteiner from left back I wasn't that worried about that because he played at left back early in the year and I thought he looked okay. Um, mm. Yeah, and it probably, was, the, it probably was d- I was surprised, but it was the natural it was the natural thing. Yeah, much more natural than putting Granite Jacker back there, which caused me to shit, shit. yeah, to shit a little bit in my pants. Mesut Özil out of the tent. Exactly what we've been calling for. Exactly what we've been asking for. We all know what happened. We'll get to it later on. But one thing that you haven't alluded to was who was on the bench in order Rambo. to... Exactly. Rambo. Exactly. Which I was actually just getting to if you hadn't have gone and maxed all over me. Oh, well, you know. fucking enjoy it. Enjoy it, buddy. So, Mezzed out of the 10, Rambo on the bench. Really great opportunity for Mezzed to, as we have coined now lay down a shit marker and say, mm. this is my spot. Mkhitaryan and, and Awobi wide. Um, yep. And obviously that leaves Lacazette, the informed man up top. So very, uh, if you go back to our last podcast, Toby, bang on. Bang on, except we called for either Welbs or Awobi off the right. And 
your banging man to start on the left. You did. I called for your banging man off the bench and you told me I was silly. Okay. You told me I was silly, Toby, but I am not silly. As far as Leicester go, when they were going through the team lineup, I was nodding away. You know, Evans, Maguire, Chilwell, Casper Smeichel, Ian Acho, Vardy up top. Indeedy um, looks like in, a Indeedy looks like a beast. Uh, that yeah. Mendy lad who they actually brought in to replace Kante as mm. well, uh, mm. who'd apparently been injured the whole time. You know, he was... Mm. He was quite good. Anyway, I was looking at Leicester as a team and I was thinking, that's a top 10 team. Mm. And I started to become really worried about it to the point where just before the game kicked off, I wrote down, if there's a banana skin to be had in this in this run, this is the one I'm worried about. What I hoped was that we didn't advance too high up the pitch, get the wingers too high up the pitch and let Inacho and Vardy run in behind us. Mm on those diagonal balls, the way that we got done by City. And what happened, Max? Exactly the thing that I put down. And my next, I think my next point is, my well, my next point is to say, early chance to Leicester, Arsenal way too high. Exactly what I was saying. Mm. Followed by a second chance to Leicester, which I was like, what the fuck is going on? Mm. Followed by Followed by a third and then a goal. Followed by a, a, a handball that I thought was pretty much a handball. Yeah. Followed by a goal. Yeah. So, so we could have been um, take me take me through your your thoughts at that early stage in the game because anyone who follows me on Twitter knows I was basically losing it at this point and of the opinion it was the worst that we'd looked. What were your thoughts, mate? My thoughts were slightly different. He- Everything that you've said about the high line is valid. What, where I feel you've missed out or you've you've overlooked slightly, but you did allude to when you said that you thought it was a pretty decent team, is that they played fucking well. I thought they were set up very well from Puel, and I thought they their style of play or the way they set up was completely conducive to drawing us out and hitting us on the break. So they were playing a great counter. Their uh, team is very much set up that way. And I thought they were pretty clever about it. And the fact that we probably didn't have the greatest back line in the world probably played into their trap a little bit. And then the fact that we're playing at home and we're expecting to come out and attack also played into their hands. So whilst I agree with you, I, a lot of my notes from that first half are about Leicester playing really well. For 35 minutes, Chilwell had Bellerin absolutely in his pocket. He run him, ra- run him ragged, absolutely fucked him, and I was sitting there saying, oh, well, there's England's left back for the next 10 years. Yeah, well, I mean, he's, he's going to give Shaw a run for his money. Oh, he's going to give Shaw a run for his money for sure. I like him. Com- very composed. I like him. Strong. Fucked Bellerin a couple of times, not physically shoulder either, to shoulder. For a left back. No, but I mean he's not big for. A, he's no Kyle Walker. He's no Mendy. He's he's no you know giant mm. monster. Well, Kyle he's, Walker's he's, not giant. Well, he plays like a giant. Mm. Anyway, he plays like a giant. He was look, he was fucking brilliant. I was look. I was, my I had I had two real fundamental issues with Arsenal directly. 
So this isn't me taking away anything from Leicester. So I agree with you that Leicester and Puyol, got that one out, Puyol, actually set them up Carlos in Puyol a way... Carlos Puyol retired quite a while ago. Who am I trying to say? Claude Puel. Puel. Fuck. Anyway, Puel had them set up very well. I didn't have an issue with that. Yeah. My issue was the the naivety and the repetition. And this was the thing that was getting me so upset. Because if you go back to the Everton game, if you go back to the Watford game, and now on top of this, you have the Leicester game. Even if you go back to the start of the season for the City game, for the first game, this has been an issue. And there is a naivety in the way that Arsenal are starting, in the fact that we are having to come back into games late. And at some point, when you give up five chances, and they were five chances. So the first one to Ian Acho, holding doesn't shut him down. Ian Acho tries to bend one with the outside of his boot. Leno has to make a save. You've then got another well, one. But what I think about with, the holding was block in. before then? So holding. Yeah, did I know. Actually, I, yeah. Oh, I'm not. I'm not trying to dig toes into holding here, mm. right? Then there's another Ianacho ball that slid through. I think Ianacho ends up getting blocked and moved over. Then you've got the free Maguire header, which is again a different style of chance. Lac- Lacazette me, played the whole. The whole load on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. I get that. You know, but Bellerin switched off, no doubt. Then you've got the goal, which Chilwell burns Bellerin on. Now, whether or not that's Mikatarian not getting back and supporting Bellerin, or Bellerin being too high up the ground, I don't think he I don't, burned I don't him. know. I think he had dude for he, he, arguably he was the fastest flight. guy at Arsenal. He was Arsenal. in full flight. It was a, he still it was, burned him. It was, was still a delicious him. run. It was a delicious he still burned run. Him. He still burned him. He cooked him. He put him on toast. Bellerin was butter. Anyway, my point being was that I actually don't have that much of an issue with any of those things. I do, because I said them all. But I don't have as much of an issue with those things. Mm. The reason why I have such an issue is because in that style of game, in that first 25 minutes, is when you need people to get a foot on the ball and retain, recycle, possession. Mm. The first 25 minutes was the worst 25 minutes I've seen a Wobi have five giveaways, four giveaways and two dispossessions I have for him. It was like watching fucking Javinio for 25 minutes. Now, please keep in mind, I'm talking about part of his performance, not all of his performance. But I was losing it, writing down notes saying, what the fuck, a Wobi? Because Do you think it didn't seems... help having Licksteiner over on the left? Is Look, bloody... no, I don't think it helped having Licksteiner on the left, but a lot of the time it was a Wobi getting on the ball and just being like, run of confusion. I'm going to run as fast as I can because he's so adamant on being involved. And I said this last week in the pod, Toby. I said that I thought that he was either overexcited last week. He did a, a similar thing last week. He just didn't get cooked for it against Fulham where he was trying to do everything and he's trying to do too much. He's either overexcited or he's trying too hard to make things happen. And in that early part of the game, when you're trying to wrestle back control, Ozil kept dropping deep, picking up the ball. And it was Ozil who kept feeding Awobi, And Awobi kept either getting dispossessed 
or playing eye of the needle balls that just turned possession around. We were playing such a high line, the ball kept pinging back. Mm. And for 25 minutes, the gas just kept going up and up and up and up. When you add that into the fact that Granite Xhaka had a fucking stinker on top of it, an absolute stinker, got dispossessed once just standing there with the ball. It made it impossible for Arsenal to ever actually get control of that game. The reason why I'm so upset about this is we're now, is it nine games in the print? Mm. Or eight games in the no, print? No, no. Oh. However many games into the print we are now, and I'm looking at things and I'm thinking, I was seeing that in the first game of the year. And by this stage, coming to the end of Project 24, what I expected to see was improvement on the fundamental issue with Arsenal from the start of the year, which has been what? Slow starting. And I guarantee you, Toby, when we go to Liverpool, if we do that same shit and we turn over the ball the way we turned over the ball and we play high wing backs, we will get done. We'll get done by Salah. We'll get done by Mane if they're fit. I know they've got a load of injuries. But that was the, the preface for my general like hardcore cracking it of the first half and why I was so livid. You know, all these people called out Paul Merson and said, oh, he wasn't a gooner and, you know, he was just a gobshite and a dialer quote. And I think we've called him a gobshite and a dialer quote before <laughs> as well. But, you know, when he said a couple of weeks ago, I think Arsenal are due for a thrashing. Yeah. And I 100% agree with him because we cannot... Like, uh, what is it, uh, 15 of our last 16 goals have come in the second half and we've gone into every single game either 1-1 or behind at halftime. Well, look, I, I saw a lack of cohesion from us, but I, I thought that was enforced by their play. Now, there was some really interesting stuff. I, I know they dragged us out. I know they hit us on the counter. So all of that stuff that you said was, was absolutely spot on. But we found it hard to retain possession because of their setup, you know, like they pressed us hard. They somehow managed to win numbers in midfield. And there was something really clever that the, that the, um, the expert commentator was saying was that Chilwell was actually going into the midfield to overload the numbers. So they were actually playing with a back three and then, in parts of possession or out of possession, Chilwell was was running into midfield and overloading the numbers. So we were getting broken down. They were winning it back and then countering really quickly. So I, I thought their setup had a lot to do with it. Perhaps certain players of ours missing, you know, definitely like your, your Monreal's, potentially your Socrates as well, you know, would have influenced that. But but I thought they had a lot to do with our poor start. So let's kind of take that into consideration when we're thinking how much of a drumming we're up for. So you could be right. I mean, you, it could be your 4-0 after 20 minutes at Liverpool. It could be your 5-0 under the Wenger era, you know, against Chelsea when fucking Oxlade-Chamberlain got sent off. You know, it was... Or... Cleet, or um, or Kieran Gibbs when the ref fucked up, which one it was. But um, <laughs> wrong name, Berlin. Wrong name, Berlin. Um, 
you know, so and and my perception when when the own goal went in off um, off Bellerin when when I thought Chilwell scored, I actually took it as in let's see if that fires us up and whether we show some fire. You know, so my perception was that that Leicester played well. They set up knowing how we were going to play, especially in our back garden. And, um, you know, they, they, they earned it. They earned it. And then when we started coming back at them, I thought their scrambling defence was, was fucking excellent. I thought Maguire in particular was outstanding. I thought Evans was pretty good. You know, they, like I said, their midfield scrappers were good. Um, you know, and I thought certain players of ours probably didn't do so well in retaining that possession, especially when we were in the attacking third. So, you Did know, you notice the Awobi thing? Not Did you as, notice heavily, the ball not as heavily as you. So when I watched the replays, I saw one of their first breaks or when or when Holding got his yellow or his, his first yellow, <laughs> um, <laughs> quotation marks, um, that it was actually Awobi kind of acting on instinct, a little bit Jovino, as you said, and giving the ball away, and then bang, 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 and it was counter, and it was into the channel. So I, I do, I I do see... Well, I'm a massive Awobi fan. I'm not, I'm not here shitting on Awobi. I just felt that maybe there is a point with all players where they either become darlings of the Arsenal fans or they become villains of the Arsenal fans. And I felt that maybe if someone like a, a, a Theo Walcott or an Oxlade-Chamberlain had have had a 25 minutes like that, they'd have been jumped all over. It may be because he was the only one driving it forward or trying something. And don't forget his role in the team is to drive it forward and get in behind or get a ball in behind. So maybe he's giving, given more licence to lose possession because he's the one being tasked with trying something. Does that make sense? Yes. I, my, I, I wrote a thing down to that effect, actually, where I said I understand what his role is in the team, but at a time where possession keeps getting turned over, I want to see him be a smarter footballer and mm. less of a Jovino, to be mm. more situationally aware in that mm. moment and say, okay, this isn't a time for me to run at someone. This mm. isn't a time for me to thread the eye of a needle. We actually need to retain some possession here. Maybe it's a it's a, a bit of a Vengarian throwback. Mm. You know, that that's what I want in that moment. I want someone technical to have mm. their foot on the ball and say, I'm not going to lose this. Mm. I'm not going to have the ball come back. We need some respite for a couple of minutes. Because I wrote down that, you know, I thought Holding was really struggling with the pace of Ian Acho. Well, Holding is not the fastest defender. Um, I thought that Lichsteiner was struggling positionally and was struggling getting turned mm. as well at mm. that point mm. and I thought that Xhaka was getting pulled into areas that we've already seen from the start of the year he wants to be that little bit further up and in that gap and in that space and I even felt Xhaka was getting pulled into area where he was receiving the ball in areas that Lieutenant Dan doesn't like to get it mm. because we know with Xhaka that his decision making is so slow when he's got time for for his brain to just go tick, tick, measure, pass, he's exceptional. Mm. But your game plan coming in against Shaka would be to just get on top of him, surely. Well, and, and give him no time and space. And I'm sure that's that's any team. And, and 
that's the whole pressing nature of um, of the Premier League these days. When you're out of possession, you close that space down, and you don't give quality players time. You know, and and it's only those technical, you know, two footed, you know, Sandy Cazola possession based type of players who can who can wriggle out from that particular, you know, situation. But you know, th- there were other there were other good things. There were other relationships starting to build towards the end of that first half, and there were well, other players from who thirty five minutes onwards. That's right. From, that's right. From Chilwell's goal onwards. Mm. Arsenal get on the front foot because there was a response, and that's and you know you've got your your issues, your hang-ups, your fears about what we're not doing and the and the chances we're giving away, and those are really valid um, opinions and perspectives. And we've been you know we have major PTSD from previous years, but there's also more fight in this team. You know, there's more spikiness. You know, Mkhitaryan arced up. You know when Lacquer got taken down around that around those minutes that you just that you just talked about. You know he had a fucking we, he had a fucking mare in the first half, didn't he? He was he, he had a giant horse. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, a, 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 <laughs> gen, was, a genderless horse he had. He was nowhere. Yeah, and and it, it, so much was coming down the left. Well, I was going to say we'll get to that. We'll get to that evaluation more, but he certainly was losing possession. He wasn't providing anything on the right, which was supposed to be his position as far as I could see. He was drifting inside and sort of either 10 or inside right and kind of blocking Ozil's space or, or having Ozil drop deeper. And then Bellerin didn't really have a buddy to overlap with so much. And it actually became Lacazette, who was more Bellerin's buddy. And that's something that I've seen quite a bit over these games. So, look... I absolutely value what you've what you've said. I didn't slightly, say it. I, sh- I didn't say it. I shouted it vigorously. Slightly less value your fucking just ridiculous ranty fucking hate filled poison. Do you know what? That comes Do you know out what? Your... I think it came from a place of fear. Mm. And now I've got it out of me into the microphone. I feel much calmer. Well, that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad. This podcast can be your Valium or your fucking Tamazepan or Xanax or whatever the fuck. It's where I get all my Arsenal angst out. No, well now you have now you have Twitter for that. Let's tear it back. Last time we stopped ranting, Arsenal were on the front foot. We were a goal behind. We'd managed to get it together. Bang. Meza Ozil, who I thought had actually been Arsenal's second best player in the first half. Not that he was amazingly effective. He was just but quality. The quantity, the quantity that he had got on the ball, the amount that he was hunting for it, and the fact that the captain's armband didn't seem to have any weight on him. He seemed well, quite refreshed. The yeah, refreshed, lighter. You know, okay, ready to so, get out. Well, it. let's go into the happy place. Let's let's talk. I'm moving. And this is why I said this is going to be a bipolar podcast because basically it's it's two games in one here. Mm. But Just, let's talk about it. Let's talk about when Mesut grabs the bull by the horns and strokes it into the goal in this nonchalant, world-class... What other words do you have for it? Sensual. Sexual. Sensual. Barry White. Mesut Ozil Barry Whited the shit out of this game. Oh, yeah. 
the sexy slither of a female snake. <laughs> you're going to whack him fast or you're going to whack him slow? I'm going to whack him slow, <laughs> then fast. <laughs> Talk to me about Mesodozel and how much of a boner you had for him at this point when he stroked that goal home. Oh, it was it was pretty hard at that point. I, 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 was, I was over the moon. Like, I really, really, really loved that finish. And... And my words, my words were class and sublime. And then I just, I was just happy. And and this this is such the difference between you and me in this game because I had this sense that it was going to be okay. And this, and, and before, don't want to go off on a tangent and not talk about the goal, but there's this been discussion lately about finishing with our stronger team or strongest team and winning the battle with, you know, pace and physicality and commitment and all that stuff. And I just, I, I just really enjoyed seeing this unfolding. I know? didn't think in this game that we won the battle as much against Fulham. We won the battle. Mm. I thought in this game, if anything, we resisted. Mm. We held, we held our own. We were in the battle mm. for long enough to come out the other end. I wrote down, funnily enough, after Ozil's goal, everyone else has been crap. Mesut's been amazing. What a goal. What a finish. What a player. What a yeah. man. No, it was it was great. And and I actually felt genuinely happy for the man, you know? Like, this is a guy who's been really polarising for us that has been quite difficult to get behind at times and other times we love him and we, we value him and we, we appreciate having him, you know, but I really felt that this was such a symbol of his ceiling and class. And it was just, I appreciated having him in our team more than I felt for a very long time. With that, It with that plays finish. into things that you and I have been saying for a long time pre pod. So when the Sanchez Urzel thing was going on, you and I we both, sided with Urzel. We we sided with Urzel because we said you can build a team around this guy and long term he can play until he's thirty six. And what player did we draw the connotation to? And there's a goal Birkin. later on. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and, and I put up I put up a thing on Twitter the other day saying before there was M ten, there was Burkamp number ten. Yeah. And I put up a, I put up four or five, and they weren't goals from Burkamp. They were passes. And there's a pass from Burkamp. I think it's to Lundberg. He takes out Pires. maybe five. Pires. Was it to Pires? He takes out maybe five shared players. shared it the other day. It, it literally yeah. was my jerk-off material for the night. It was... You know, and, and we're going to get there in the second half, but the Urzel ball to Bellerin, that leaves five players dead. That was Burkamp. Was... I, I, stu- I stood up... And for me, I was, I'd been so angry about this first half that for me, I just stood there and I was just like, that's amazing. That's Arsenal football to me. Mm. So a little bit, a little bit Fabregas as well. We have to, we have to pay. Uh, I think, I think for some reason, Fabregas has faded in the memory faster oh, than other sure. great Arsenal players. For and sure. honestly, I just think it's because he ended up at Chelsea. Mm. Mm. I guess that segues us pretty much into the into the second half. I would just I would just like to add as well that Torreira won that ball back 
in order to start that move. Funnily enough, I was just going to say, just before we move on, I thought the Torreira was so controlled, mm. so good, had so many touches, had, had so many incisive balls as well in that first half. I had him down for the best player of the first half. Yeah, yeah. And he won that ball back. That went off to Laka, you know, I mean, sorry, Xhaka, you know, then to Ozil from deep. He drove it forward. You know, there was a couple of one-twos. You know, the the cross from Bellerin was, was spot on and he didn't even break stride. He was, you know, the fact that he was celebrating before it even went in, it was just, it was just brilliant. So and I think that's his, I think that's his fourth goal no, for the year. For, for I, might, me, I might be mistaken, I might be mistaken, it's his fourth goal for, for the for year. Me, and he, every yeah. one of his goals this year, he has passed into the back of the net. Well, I think this is his best, the best he's looked almost since he, do you remember when he joined us and there was a couple of those big plays Champions League, Champions League goal against Napoli. Yeah. From yeah. the edge of like inside foot, like passed from the edge of the box, side mm. foot. Uh, that first ball to Giroud. Yeah. That For that, when he takes it down with his left foot and pings it across and yeah. Giroud, you know, does a Giroud toe. Yeah. So toe I point. think there's something going on mentally as well. And that's what I'm... Are you opening up a beer as well? Yes. What are you drinking? Furfy Refreshing Ale. I'm really yeah. into them at the moment. Really? What? You drink shit beer. Well, I, I'm not into fucking beer wank like you. I don't want something that's going to I'm work. not into beer wank. They get given to me. Do you know what I'm drinking, Toby? I'm drinking a sailor in grave, the squid versus the whale hop maelstrom. Well, I love hoppy beer. Uh, I mean, the name's a bit of a wank, but it's, at least it's not some fucking passion fruit mash. That's what, what I was drinking the, last week, you prick. Whatever the fuck. Well... Whatever, mate. So after the best part of 50 minutes talking about the first half, which I'm going to have to edit down because it's just going to be shit house. Otherwise, we're going to end up with a two-hour pod. We enter the second half, Toby. And the first thing that I write down in the second half is, I actually think you banging man would have been the better choice even in the first half. Would like to see him come on. First thing I wrote, because I thought that uh, Leicester were incredibly compact in the first half and that maybe where the actual space was, was a ball in behind. Mm, maybe. And I, and I felt that our tempo was down and I felt that our tempo has picked up in the second half, definitely in the last handful of games. Mm. I, I, I don't know if Aubameyang improves our tempo. Our tempo comes more, you know, Lacazette and the build-up play and the hold-up play. He loves a touch and move, you bang a man. And when he, I think when he runs, glides. I mean, we'll go, we'll, we'll go run, through he when, when he ice skates through the center of the pitch mm. later on. I, I think that you sort of see what he brings, which is once you have a guy who's running that hard and that fast, defenders, midfielders, no one knows what the fuck to do. No. They're like, they're like, where do I go? How do I get here? So second mm. half kicks off, Toby. It's like a different team again. I don't know what Emery's saying to these guys at halftime or what he's doing at halftime or if this is a genuine tactic to reserve and then blow teams away in the second half. I don't know, but something's going on because 14 of our last 16 goals are in the second half. What did you see, mate? 
an unbelievable performance. Because that second half of football for me is maybe the best half of football I've seen Arsenal play all year. And the first 35 minutes is the worst half of football I think I've seen from Arsenal all year. Yeah, well, I think it shows an incredible amount of character. And I, and I, and I think it's a real positive thing, you know? it's Yeah, we, we've let in a few opportunities. Yeah, we, we haven't covered ourselves in glory. Yeah, we, we, uh, we're still... We're still not great from set pieces, but fuck me, we put it we put it together. And and that that goal going back to the first half before we move on in the context of the game was fucking huge, huge. Oh, so immense. In, and 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 you asked me about the second half performance. How does that first half goal affect the mentality of the Leicester group? So I think I think it broke them, but I also think physically. They were broken, and but it they comes put back in a to shift. something. That's and that's what I'm getting to. They really, yeah. really put in a shift. So, does a couple of things? Does does this extra training and fitness, the obsessive fitness that we've been doing, is this the reason why in that second half we're blowing teams away? Because teams, they has tr- to be. They're trying fucking hard to destroy us in the, and I actually reckon they're cashing out a little bit. And then the game is opening up. And our quality players, you know, in the centre, you know, your Urzels, your Terreras, your Jackers to some extent, you know, these beautiful was pass, shit house, fucking passes of the ball. We'll get into that. Perhaps in that first 35 minutes, he wasn't so bad. No, he, he was poor. He was still poor in the second half. I, I really feel like there was, there was a couple of elements, but there's something about this team. There's something that's changed in our training regime. And then, like I was saying, the quality of those central players being able to retain a bit more possession because the other team just cannot press that way for the entire game. And then all of a sudden, opens up space for counters and balls in behind. And and I feel like this is what had changed. There's one caveat to that, and that was in Didi hitting the crossbar, smashing the crossbar against against the runner play though. from fr- no, but it showed our sort of fragility from set piece. So you know, like we'd shown in the first half, and Awobi went to sleep a little bit, lost and Didi, and that could have that could have changed the context of the game. So this was the most complete, wonderful performance that that I've seen, and it, it genuinely excited me. And and I, I, you know, I really feel that that Urza was central to that. But there's a wonderful fluidity and movement to our team. There's a growing balance in the midfield, although not resolved, you know, and I feel a lot of that or a huge component of that has to has to be, you know, has to go to Terreira. So, you know, things are things are still good. Things are still happening. You know, and we've got we've got a couple of amazing examples here where we're actually reflecting on you know some of our absolute heroes from the past and then really enjoying the players that we have now and and some of this togetherness that we're seeing in the team so so for me in the second half i thought that the resolve the togetherness the drive and the hunger 
to go and get those goals mm. and the hunger that we've had to continue to get goals. For a long time, you and I always used to get upset about us not putting the foot to the throat. Mm. And I mean, we could have finished this game 5-1. Lack of bombs one. Um, Lack of bombs two. He had another one that was a half chance as well. Um, you know, there's still a couple of Mickey, balls. That Mickey getting... bombs two. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and again... Or two you know, half chances. There, there was a, a few different pods that, that pulled that up and said, you know, there's a lot of goals left on the table. My question to you, just before we run through these two goals, because we are going to spend some time talking about these two goals because they are exceptional mm. and beautiful. But my question to you is, what we haven't seen yet is Arsenal being able to put on one of these second-half performances from multiple goals down. So do you think that regardless of whether or not Leicester are ahead, let's say the Maguire header goes in, and let's say maybe the, the penalty gets given, just as a, as a scenario. Well, and Arsenal And Arsenal go into that half 2-0 down. Well, it depends if it's 2-0 down with 10 men or 2-0 down with 11 no, men. No, 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 2-0 two nil, two nil down with 11 men. Then, right? yeah, I reckon we can squad. do it. I, I reckon do you, that. Do you think that yes. we still, at that point, run over them 3-2? Yes. You're that yes. confident? No, I do. And, and, and I also think that we've got the bench to change it up. And this is another exceptional part of Emery's management is he's got a squad fired up. He's got a squad switched on, you know, 16, 17 players who, if someone doesn't perform that well, even for a half of football, they can come on and change the game. We've got a few different physical dynamics or player attribute or even formation dynamics. And it's cool. It's it's cool. I know, I know I'm being very positive, but, you know, two goals. You're just, you're just being goals. the anti-max. It's fine. Fair enough. Fair enough, but I feel that we that we can change it up, and and there's even options that we haven't used. We you know we haven't used a Bamiang central if if Lacazette's having a bad game. Um, you know we we didn't use Welbeck at all in this game. You know we did use Genduzi, who when he came on I thought was excellent. He was excellent in a cameo. He was excellent. So overall, fantastic second half and this is something to be genuinely excited about with caution obviously because there's there's some defensive issues less man on man issues this game or less errors but like positioning I feel this game was coaching. down to individual defensive errors it wasn't like in this game no. I was I was pulling out Mustafi errors and being like what the fuck Mustafi, but having a having a freaking Tutankhamun at fucking left back who plays a right back, <laughs> you know that that didn't... when he went off, I thought for sure he was injured. I was like, "There's no way he can't be injured." But apparently, he was taxed. Well, I mean, he is only playing every four weeks, and he's thirty six. Like, we got to give him a break at some point. I'm sure for a guy of that age probably playing more consistent football is going to be better than playing inconsistent And in the football, Premier League, in the, the hardest running position there is. And I of, loved that. Who who was he screaming at? Well, I thought, having, I thought it was, he was good. Ha- no, I he, was, he, was, having was, a, actually, he was having a real go. I can't remember whether it was Ozil or Bamiyang. And that's what I like no, about it. it couldn't have been a Bamiyang. Another uh, thing it, that some, I like about Someone he was having a real go at them, and I was yeah. like, 
that's leadership. That's right. You know, because you're like, I don't care who you are. I don't care what the number is on your bank. I don't care how many Instagram followers you have. Push up. That's your defense. And look at what he's achieved in his career as well. Was it? Oh, he's 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 huge. Plus, you know, whatever in the Champions League. So he's 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 a big player. So Toby, let's let's start to round this up because we've still got to go into our three two ones and our one. Our famous three. Our famous our famous, three, two, ones. famous enjoyable three two ones and one two threes. I just wanted to take a couple of minutes for each goal just to talk about how they came about, how beautiful they actually were, how effective you banger man is in the most non technical way. You know, as in he is a, he is the king of the tap in. I know he has technique and I know he can bend Ghosting. them in. The way he follows the play and he times those things, just amazing. Mm. So first goal, you bang a man. Ozil takes five players out of the game. We spoke about this earlier. It's like Dennis Burkamp reincarnated. Oh, it was fucking, it was delicious. If ever there was a definition of the que- of the cream rising to mm. the top, it was in this game. The ball from Bellerin is absolutely pinpoint. And you bang a man. Tapper, tapper, tapper. Mm. Mm. And, and he, he kind of makes even more sure by hitting it into the ground first, you know? I almost feel like that little, almost like, sandwich type of hit made it even harder. So it was just it was just fucking delicious. It was, it was a real wow moment, breaking the lines like that, you know, it was just, it was just exceptional. Like, I, I fucking loved that goal. You know, we, we... It was it was simple, but the beauty in its simplicity was almost perfect, you know. So, some, something to be excited about. And then the one-two punch, bang bang, you banging man, just amazing. Urzel again. The definition of what we're coming to realize is an Emery ball goal. I think a Wenger ball goal was more about what happened in the final third. And an Emery ball goal seems to be more about connecting the ball from deeper and following it through to the end. Mm. Emery ball seems to be spread over a wider distance of the pitch, whereas I think Wenger ball was more like, if you look at that Wilshire goal, you know, it's that kind of tick attacker, hold possession, hold possession, and then go. Mm. This goal was the Urzel flick to Genduzi, Genduzi to Bellerin. My favourite part of this goal, Toby, was Ozil screaming at Bellerin to ignore the overlapping run from Awobi and play the ball back into him, which he then has the foresight to dummy, which goes into Lacazette. Lacazette's best piece of the game is a ball back to find Ozil. And then the the outside of the boot dink that takes Schmeichel out of the game is just... Well, I, I think I even prefer that goal. I think I even prefer that goal. The... Well, my next question was going to be the Ramsey goal or the second Ubangaman goal. You have to pick one. Second Ubangaman goal for me. And why is that? And it can't speak to this Ramsey. Because... <laughs> <laughs> because this was just... This was throwback. You know, the... The so I'm not going to sit on the fence on on this one. I loved that Ramsey goal. 
no doubt. You know, it started from deep. It almost started from the goalkeeper. Um, there was some it's real. More, it's a bit more hectic. The Ramsey goal. Yeah, and there's there's some real ad lib, free flowing football. Okay, so we'll just we'll just park that. This yep. one was just as a team goal, just on this telepathic playing field, and that's why I love this one more. The Urzel so the Urzel fl- flicked again, doozy in the middle of the park. Oh, the, the no look outside of the boot flick. Full fledged boner. So that yeah, you know the the interplays. Mm. There's no way Leicester can. There is no way. Not only Leicester, and this is why it's such a bipolar episode for me because now I'm waxing lyrical about Arsenal. Yeah, there is no way that Leicester can go with a move like that. There's no way that any team in the Premier League can go with a move like that. I'm telling you that if we put a move like that together against any of the top teams, it's going to result in a goal well, because it's so athletic and mm, it's so dynamic. Mm. And this is what I mean in terms of that that throwback to a time where you know, we really were capable of better than anyone else. And don't forget, what, what changed in the Premier League when we lost our supremacy was more pragmatic managers coming in and the big one up top and the, the Mourinho changing the style of play. Okay, so into our weekly three, two, ones, one, two, threes. Toby, as always, we're going to start with you. Your plus three, mate. Who did you have and why? King Captain Mesut. Yeah, I think that's going to be pretty obvious because mine is, is Mesut as well. Um, reasons, Toby. I mean, I mean, they're all pretty fucking obvious, but I don't, let's think, go I don't even think we need to go into it. I think so. ah, we do. We have to provide some commentary for it. I mean, I just wrote man of the match, a million touches, all of them were good. So, only Özil, only Özil yeah. can do it. And then I just wrote down a little bit after that, saying proves why some people are number tens and some people aren't number tens mm-hmm. because Mesut played that very differently to the way Rambo has. And I think that's my favorite. My, I'm, I'm going to call I think that's I think, my I favorite. I think that's my favorite Mesut performance. Me too. I, I'm, I'm going to call that. And I think it's because he's got that captain's and, arm And he would, have had a, he would have had a hat trick of assists as well. And in a, in a game where Arsenal were crap in the first half, I still had him in my top three players. Yeah. Yep. You know, he was industrious. And I really like how he's dropping deeper now. Yeah, I do. I really, I really like that because I always wondered whether that's how his career would end up transpiring. But in a fluid mm. system, it just doesn't seem to matter. Mm. And in that ten, he's everywhere. Mm. He's on the left. I mean, we're very left orientated again in the game. But you know, I digress. Smashing performance from Mesut Ozil, three points. Mm. If I could give him, you know, another three, like you could double point someone once in a year, I'd double point him. That's how so good I. he was. So would I. So would I. I actually think, in some ways, it may be one of the best performances of anyone I've seen for Arsenal in a very, very long time. I also agree. And I, I think we should really celebrate it and we should enjoy it. You know? We should just... We've we should, got Ozil. We should just enjoy it. So, mm. you know, of all the shit, you know, it, it's probably... Uh, since... of, all, of all the shit, of all of my ranting... Of the first twenty minutes of the show, which was my 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 fear 
for over expectations coming out push all that to one side when you have class like that in your team he was worth every single cent of that $350,000 contract mm. and do you know what I thought for the first time in this game what you're on par with Hazard because we've been saying it for so long Oh, completely like different. I would, I would completely. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not talking about them. I'm not talking about the style of play being on par. Mm. I'm talking about the way Hazard has In, been able to grab games, game. have get games by the scruff of the neck, yeah. and turn a game on his own. Yeah. I thought that Mesut did that. Yeah. Now I will reserve judgment until he has a, a you know, a longer run of form. And against a big club. But it can only be a good thing. Because mm. not only that, but he looked, Mesut looked included, loved. Uh, and do you get what I mean by those things? Because I, I feel like he mm. would be not, how do I say this in the least cuntish way? Like, not the most easily lovable figure. Mm. Uh, you know, he's, he's not, I, I can't imagine he is everyone's cup of tea, but I would imagine that the level of respect for his footballing ability is such that. He is, he is genuinely the jewel in the crown. So the mm. way he's involved, the way he's involved in the celebrations. One thing we didn't talk about just very quickly was that last goal, when Aubameyang puts that in. Aubameyang roars. Yeah. The, the team roars. Yeah. 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 I don't. I haven't seen that for a really long time. Have you? No. No. Well. Th- well. This. Well. This is. Um, you know. This is those almost cliched words now, you know, the, the passion. <laughs> yeah, passion for the shirt. He's got no passion for the badge. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, anyways, it was, it was great. Anyway, was great. moving on, wax lyrical about Mesdurs, or both of us, three points. We could give him more, we would. Toby, two points. Who'd you have and why? Well, you're going to jump down my throat for this, but Hector. I'm not going to jump down your throat for it at all. I... There's a guy who follows us on Twitter. His name's Ryan. Shout out to Ryan. Uh, Ryan actually, he sends us his negative three, two, ones now. Oh, I haven't even Hector. seen that. I haven't even he actually seen that. He actually has Hector in for a, a negative point. And he felt, he felt that he got done, I think, a bit. But I think he's been listening to far too much Ars Brothers. Let me say that, that Hector, he lost Maguire for the headed chance but yep. Lacazette was the one actually playing him all on side so maybe it was his error he never um, I thought that was ridiculous that he was um, I think um, Danny Higginbottom brought it up moments earlier saying why didn't they go to Maguire there it's Bellerin covering him mm. and I'm like what the fuck is Bellerin covering Maguire for we've seen what he can do true true and but then, yes, he did lose that one. His two balls, though. And then, and then, and then there was the, the the OG, which you can argue was a bit I, unlucky, but maybe he was a bit on his heels for it. But the 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 fact that two of our goals came, two or even three, no, two came directly from him and his overlapping play just shows how important it is having that player that can hit the byline. And, and one of the primary things we've slagged him off for for a long time absolutely, absolutely. has been about his final ball. Yeah. And those two final balls are both delicious. Well, they're unmissable. They are unmissable. Yep. I mean, Mesut doesn't break stride 
mm. doesn't break stride for the first one. Mm. You know, which mm. is which is in my opinion just exceptional. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, so um, I'm glad you didn't jump down my throat for that one. No, 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 no. Look, I I am. Um, I had notes about Hector and I go up and down with Hector and in and out with Hector. But I mean, fundamentally I finished with that. I thought that his contribution positive was greater than his contribution negative. Mm. And I thought also that maybe Mkhitaryan hung him out to dry a bit. So yeah, well, but I mean, I mean, Mkhitaryan I mean, we can did not cover him at all. It's yeah. almost like, he yeah, well, Mkhitaryan, Mkhitaryan had a non-sex specific horse. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, two points for me, Toby. Torreira. Yeah. Yeah. So controlled. He had the most. He had the most amount of passes, the most amount of touches, the most amount of interceptions, the most amount of tackles. He was everywhere. When Granite was crap, and Granite was crap, Torreira very much made up for him. He is the player in my opinion, who has been missing from Arsenal for the longest time. I That little motherfucker is going to become my favourite player. And I'm not joking, mate. I'm starting to get a full-blown direction. That's an excellent coin of phrase or name or whatever. I'm... Um, full-blown. Yeah. Full-blown. I'm, I'm I'm, I am starting... To love this and guy, you think, and I'm talking, and, and think, I'm talking about name on the back of shirt, because Jock, who drinks at my bar, mm. goes and gets me a shirt every year from Thailand. I was just about to say the same thing, and and I want to get my little boy a, you know, a top. If your little boy is going to play football and he's got any of your DNA, all he's going to do is go out there solely to break people's legs, because that's all you did. <laughs> So, so you should start moulding him. And I think he's going to be a little fella as well. Yeah. Your boy. I don't think he's going to be tall. No. So you should start moulding him in the form of Torreira. Yeah. Well, if he has the white line fever that I did. Jock asked me who I wanted on the back of my shirt, right? Mm. The last shirt he got me, I said Walcott. We then sold Walcott. The next shirt he got me was uh, just after Jack's game against Atletico, where he was really good. Yeah. And I said, get me Jack's shirt. And so now I've got a Walcott shirt, a Wilshire shirt, and they both got sold straight after. Well, maybe you so should go get Welbeck then just to go. I said that to him the other week. He was like, what do you, he said, do you want the triumphant? And I get you a Welbeck shirt. And I said to him, it's either a Welbeck shirt or a Torreira shirt. No, but then you'll sabotage Danny and he will get sold. So No, I love Danny. I love that guy. So for me, full-blown direction. Yeah. Two points. Yeah. Toby, one point which I thought was particularly difficult mm. in this game because I had definitely two people who I, I, I still haven't decided. I'm going to decide after you say yours. So one point, who did you have and why? Oh, fuck. Well, I was going to do the same thing. Now nope, you're first up, mate. Get into it. I'm going to go with my heart over my head. Maybe that's not a good thing. Now, I'm going to award the point to my big booted boy, Lacazette, because I fucking love that motherfucker. Really? Yes. His shooting boots were so far off. I had him in my special mentions for negative points. Uh, yeah, well, I was I was actually going to go for a Wobi for his contribution. All right? I understand. Mm. Yeah, get fucked. I understand what he did and didn't do and 
the, the issues that he caused, but the, the, he did so many good things in that second half. And a lot of those things didn't have the right finishing or the right players on the end of the no good things. No one can ever question Lacazette's work rate. Let me finish on the Iwobi point. When he switched over to the right wing from the left, he killed Chilwell. He fucked him in the A. Or effed him in the A. Or I'll just say it. He fucked him in the ass. No, it's fucked him in the ass. He fucked. He put his dick in his ass. He did. And then wiggled it around a bit and made it wider. So and he did it. He did it the other week as well when he got put onto exactly. the right. And you bang and, a man and, got and, put onto and the left. And some... I think you called it last week. I think you said I'd like to see a front three of Wobes, you bang a man, and Lacazette. I did. I did with the Wobie on the right. So I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a front three with the Wobie mm. on the right. Mm. Um, so, so that's what you. So I with? thought he was phenomenal. No, I'm actually b- because of the. You just said you were going to go with Lacazette. You can't change it now. No, no, no. I'm, I'm still going to go with Lacazette. So okay. Because of the. I, co- thought, you tra- I thought you were trying to no, put some changes on me. No, I. I like you talked yourself out I, of it. I, I had I because my brain tried to talk myself into Wobes, and because Lacazette had missed two, I thought I have to penalise him for doing that. But his work rate, his link-up play, his relationships that he's building with three, four, five players on the pitch, I love that motherfucker. I absolutely yeah, fucking love him. And and I think I was I was very happy. Like I was happy to forgive him for the misses because of how good he's been. Yeah, I thought that his work rate was still as good. I did think the ball bounced off him a couple of times in the first half, but I, I, I think I'm going to take a little bit of a leaf out of your book and say I think that maybe had a bit more to do with how tight Evans and Maguire got to him, mm. not because he was uh, he lacked technique or whatever it yeah, might have been. Yeah, and his, his relationship with... So tight spaces, the hold-up play for not a, a huge guy, but a solid guy... Um, his relationship with, with Bellerin is probably the best out of anyone in this team, which is surprising because he's the number nine. Hector's coming. Hector looks like... I don't think he's there yet, but Hector looks like he's coming back to maybe being was the guy who he was going to be. Was it 2015 or 2016 form? Oh, it was the year he got in after um, the fucking French nutter did his shoulder. The douche. After the douche. The douche. After the douche did his shoulder. So... Anyway, 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 we've gone wild. We've obviously drunk too much beer again. We're going wildly off topic. Yeah, we, we're getting you've to that one, point. You've got you've got one point for Lacazette. For Lacazette, so Look, I'm really I, so. Who was your, just out of interest? Can I have your special mention? Special mention. Well, obviously Wobes because I just prattled on about that for however long, and then Torreira. Okay. Cool. Okay, and then so I really I, need so, a piss. I really need a piss. So just hold. Okay, fine. Me okay. too. Let's go. That's building. I'm like four beers in now. Yeah, yeah, I've had six. <laughs> I'm shit-faced. <laughs> I'm shit-faced. The last one, the last beer is fucking like nearly nearly 14%. <laughs> All right. That's... It's not, and nothing can ever be as bad as a feces throwing monkey in the butthole pub. Uh, that was a, that was a disgraceful s- episode. Sorry. And it has our, it has our least amount of listens. <laughs> It's like people write... It's like, even though we think it's hilarious, people write it off like, oh, it's just the ramblings of two drunken fucking idiots. Uh, 
I I actually thought it was great. I think it's out. I think it's our best episode. So to any of our listeners, now we've returned from urinating, having drunk too much beer. Listen to a feces throwing monkey. There's some good shit in there. We talk about Shania Twain's tits, uh, how she loves God and cocaine, how Torreira is basically a, a, a drug mule or a drug pusher. Uh, there's some good shit in there. Torreira is the enabler. He is. He's the enabler. He's the enabler who sits back at the party and just sells the drugs, but never takes them himself. He's a smart businessman. And we, I might even leave coined, this bit in the pod. We coined Lieutenant Dan because he has no we legs. Did to- we did coin Lieutenant Dan in that, and he doesn't have any legs. Um, there, there was, a, there was a, a lot of good stuff in there. So do yourselves a favor. Listen to a feces-throwing monkey and the butthole club. That brings me into my positive one point. And as much as, um, you know, I'm... I'm I think it's pretty clear from the rest of the pod I'm going to disagree with you on some of those. I think there's two players there who you've missed out who are incredibly hard to separate and I'm really, really struggling. And I've made a decision in that moment while I was talking shit out loud. I've made a decision. Great. My Go one point I'm going to give to you, banging man. No, great. great. And, and I didn't even mention him and I should probably justify that. But let's. I'll I'll let you go first, and then I'll I'll mention why I didn't mention him. But I get why you didn't mention him, Toby, mm. and I think that's because there were people who their body of work was maybe greater than his injection. Absolutely, absolutely. But so I yeah. so I I understand that because that was the same preface why I struggled with him. Why I want to give him points tonight is because I've given him negative points in the past for not doing what I said his primary role was. And he did his and primary, his primary role. role was putting the ball in the back of the net in you banging man fashion, and you bang a man banged them in like no one else can you bang. You know what I mean, man? He he glid, he glided. Glid? Is glid a fucking word? I don't know. He glade. Is now he glade. Glade. He took a deep. He took a deep glade, like an ice skating gazelle. Past he did, you know, and and, and he did, he did. It's it's almost like a a silent runner, with feather slippers. You know, the fucking the defender didn't even know he was there. He just burned him, but he did it yep. barely touching the ground. On, on both, and it on goes back occasions. so much to what we've spoken about in the past about how that's his type of finish. That's a you banging man finish. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, and deadly, again, when deadly. you banging man comes on, I'd be really interested to see what his average position was for him and Lacazette get close to each other. This combination, it's two up front. I wonder if this is the return to four four two. I wonder if this is going to be, yeah, the next couple of years when we go back to a Heskey Owen, yeah. you know, and oh. and and start and start fucking defenses. And do you know why it's going to start working? I love that combination. Because by the way, the reason why it's going to start working, Toby is because central defenders are getting smaller and smaller as they're asked to be more technical, more fleet-footed and faster. Yeah. So all of a sudden, it all turns on its head. And if you start going and putting a strong, dominant centre forward on one of them and a fast, fleet-footed finisher, Mm. that was some amazing... Is that alliteration? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. (laughs) Hey, Dad. Boom. School worked. (laughs) For some... I didn't just smoke weed the whole time. I learned what alliteration was. Um, 
I wonder if it's a return to the four four two. Is what we're going to see in the next couple of years. Mm. That's and why I gave you Bang Man four four two as well because there's, there's it is. It's not a. It's not a. It's not a four four two. I'm then, doing little inverted comma. No, no, that's right. The and, then, and then you there's, can't see. there's in and out of possession. And can I just yep. say with the Yabangi Man thing, the the reason that I didn't give him a point and I did consider it, or even more than a point, was because two reasons. One, he was doing basically what he's paid to do, what what he's good at. So and what I've been doesn't, points to people for. Yeah, and he doesn't contribute a huge amount else. And my other point was that I would think they were put on a plate so much that mum could have finished those. So that... <laughs> but I just wanted to say on top of that, there is a, a very, very subtle skill in that type of finish. And that, and that type of ghosting as well. And, and, and that type of, that type that of, be, that type yeah. of being there at the right time in the right place. I've said this a number of times on the pod, go and watch the video on YouTube. That is you bang man's 96 goals in the Bundesliga. Mm. It is one of the boringest fucking watches you'll ever have. Mm. Well, there you go. It is tapping. It's not tap all in. fire and rear brimstone rear po- and no. And- no, 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 no. I'm over. I'm over it now. I've had a couple of beers and I've been, I've been talked sense to, Toby. By who? Rather than just, well, by you. Wow. So, you Fuck know, me. The, I'm going to retire right. I don't. Now. I'm I, I right don't. Re- I don't retract. I don't retract anything that I said, I still believe it. That was my first impression and that was my reaction. Well, your reaction is organic. It doesn't... I said to someone on Twitter, he was like, oh, did you know that this happened and this happened and this happened and like this person got given man of the match and it contradicts what you said. And I actually said to him, you know, I intentionally don't listen to any podcast or read anything until I've written all of my notes and all of my three, two, ones. Good. And I don't change anything. So this is me as organic as I can be. Yeah. Having said that, the one special mention I wanted to make, who I was really tossing up, was for Mustafi, who I thought was, for two weeks in a row now, particularly solid, a little bit better with his passing, and really held his own in the back four. Yeah. This is from someone who has basically been saying, I want to take the guy out and fucking shoot him and put him down. And drop him in a lake somewhere. Yeah, and just forget about him. Way down with something that won't, you know, corrode or break down over time. So Mustafi was my special mention. I decided I wanted to give it to Oba because at this point, I'm quite worried. I keep saying it every week. We are going to do this. Toby, actually, this one's on you. you. We need to go through and we need to collate all of the three two ones and the one two threes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've got a funny feeling you banging man is actually going to be maybe in the bottom three. Whilst being like the top scorer in the club. Whilst being history. the top scorer. <laughs> Not history, but like in the Premier League. Like he's he's close to Salah. Like he's like... Yeah, you yeah, know, I, I get I get it. I get it. I'm really, I'm really worried. So I think when, you, when we're going to take this narrative mm. of people doing their primary role. Yeah. I think when you bang a man completes his primary role, he's worth a point. Yeah. He's worth a point, especially when he scores two. Despite all the work being done without him, 
I actually think there's something, and I said this earlier about he's his in the right running. Place. He's in the right place. No, and it's his hard running from deep as no, well. No, that's right. That's De- right. Defenders, central defenders, defensive midfielders like... Reading of, reading of the game. I don't know whether to go with him. I don't know whether to drop off. Yeah. I don't know what to do. Yeah. And I, so, I can't hear him because he's a he's a silent pillow for well, he, gazelle. He he did glad... On ice across the He did glad with ice skates across glad. the turf. Glad. <laughs> glad. I'm so glad that he glad. Oh, I'm drunk. Um, so into we should probably wrap this up because it's going downhill fast. But into our negative points, Toby. Mm. Your let's start with your negative one. Who did you have for negative one and why? Oh, a little, little bit hard, but I, I went with um, Licksteiner for negative one. And we- let's. Uh, I'll try and I'll try and give some reason behind that particular judgment was that although he did an okay job he was a reason for quite a lot of the breakdown in play especially on that left hand side so I absolutely understand that he was playing on the wrong side and you know all of his natural width was taken away in his positional sense um but overall, you know, we have to give someone a point. And, and I felt that he, you know, he, he struggled somewhat. So Lipsteiner was definitely in my bottom four or bottom five players. I had about five players in my, in my people who I was tossing up. Surprising. I, yeah. did, I didn't give Lipsteiner a point based on the fact he was played out of position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and that, that's fair play. Even play. though I thought he was probably the, one of the worst players on the pitch. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I, I mean, like I like we say every week, you know, these three, two, ones, people are going to poke holes in and say, you know, they don't understand how we come up with them. But it, it's just you've got a set of morals or or a, a set of of narratives or whatever it might be. Job descriptions, that, even. Yeah. Yeah. You know, KPIs, JDs. You know, touch points. We throw ideas in a in a think walk. We cook up, we cook up some plans, <laughs> or we just pull them but out of our ass. Yeah, or we just shit them into our hands and smear them across the listened media. Um, Toby, my negative one I gave to Alex Awobi. Yeah, yeah. You couldn't forgive him for the first twenty five minutes. I mean, can I actually read you what I wrote? Because when I wrote it, I was in very clear state of mind mm, zen like zen like zen like anger when i wrote it i was actually okay i said he was basically heavily responsible for the constant turnovers that put pressure on arsenal in the first 35 minutes mm. if that much ball is going to go through the left side and he's going to be positioned on that left side, his role in the team becomes incredibly important and I need for him to develop into a player who is able to work out when he needs to run and when he needs to get his foot on the ball and be technical. I wish I had been that calm at the top of the pod. So do the listeners. Sorry, listeners. Got a bit worked up. That is my piece. I thought it would be very divisive. Please feel free yep. to, uh, and may, to... May I add, I considered that, but I I watched the replay 
of the uh, at least the shortened the the extended the mini match the mini match the extended highlights which i really like by the way and 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 i just couldn't i couldn't make a be negative anymore because i just kept seeing positives for the second half so i'm i'm not so i'm can not i tell you something i started at the end of the first half i did negative three two ones and one two threes at the end of the first half yeah. i had a wobi for a negative three yeah yeah. So what I'm saying is, is that he was negative three in the first half. He was positive two in the second half. So he ends up with a negative one for me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Toby, negative two. Who did you have, and why? Well, this pains me a bit because I wanted him in the team, and it's it's Mr. Henry, not of the Larson type, Mikatarian type. Yeah. I mean, before you go on, I also had Mickey for a number two. So, hey, Mickey, you're not so fine. You're, you're not, not so, so fine. fine. Hey, Mickey. You didn't blow my mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, just, I, just, I just wrote down very ineffective. Yeah, it, it was a bit anonymous, gave the ball away a bit, didn't cover fucking Hector and didn't, didn't team up with Hector. So I started off being a bit shitty at Hector and by 50 minutes, I was shitty with Mickey. Mm. So I'm not saying that I'm throwing the baby out with the bathwater with Mkhitaryan. I still think he's a great player. I love him in the squad. I love him being injected. Mm. I'd like to see him off the bench. Good squad player again. Yeah. You know, I think he's a, another great squad yep. player at an age yep. where he's probably not going to get yep. another big contract somewhere else. He already had and, his failed big if, contract. If we at Manu. make it into, if we do make it in the Champions League team, I think this experience will actually be beneficial. And have this it, have pod has turned around to be a really positive pod. Well, fuck you, Max. Anyway, let's move on. You did tell me today when I was on when I was on the phone. You were like, "If you take this attitude into the pod, it's gonna be fucked." <laughs> and I'm gonna break you with my positivity, which is very, you are. which is very unlike me. I'm, and very unlike me to ever listen to anything that you say. So. <laughs> I must be in a so, good place for for a day. You must. For, you for, must be for a day or two. So both of us, Mikatarian negative two. He's racked up some negative points with us as well. Yeah. It'll be interesting. We'll do it next week, but we probably won't because I'll ask Toby to do it and he'll he probably won't do it. Um. Anyway, Toby, negative three. Who did you have, and why? Look, it, it's it's got to be uh, poor Rob Holding for this one, and not because there was a huge amount of like outlandish defensive fuck-ups like a la like a Mustafi shoot the cunt put him in a boot and get rid of him it was more that we dodged a bullet because really he could and should have been sent off and those, oh, those I don't think did we even did we necessarily cover that no, I no, thought we, that was nine I thought that was 95% of a handball yeah no no it, well, I, I felt that maybe regardless of whether he, his hand into touching the regardless ball. of that but it, his it was hand in a, got knocked while it was in an unnatural position exactly and it was in an unnatural position and he yeah. you know he took a yellow he got done with pace he got done by uh ian archo very early and he did cover it but it was lucky yeah. like that could have he, been a hand. he held off that first ian archo that i brought up that outside of the boot rob holding didn't engage him mm. he didn't drop off he stood in no man's land and was like yeah 
What are you gonna What yeah. are you gonna do with him? Can I just say one thing about Rob Holding? It doesn't matter so because not, he's a young guy. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's it's kind of my roundabout way yeah. of getting there. But do you remember I put up a tweet last week about how I would solve the Arsenal situation? I told you I'd basically sell fifty million pound worth of squad players, including Ramsey, including Kalasnak, including Chambers. Not Danny. Not Danny. No, I give him a new contract on three hundred and fifty thousand a year, 60. and I give him a and I give him a flat top endorsement. Um, yeah, but basically, what I'd do is I'd sell all those guys, and I would buy a world-class left-sided defender. Yes, we have to stop being so sentimental at Arsenal if we're going to move forward. If Rob Holding's good enough, he's going to rise to the top, mm. and if he's not good enough, then he's not good enough. The thing is with young defenders. Not a lot of them come, not a lot of them rise to their top performance level. Not a lot of them get to their ceiling until 26. Plus. So 20, yeah, I'm, no, I'm, I'm, I'm actually mm. saying 26 as a, mm. as a quite, um, it's a word I'm looking for. As a quite, like less. Conservative. I'm actually saying that as quite a conservative number. I actually think it's a little bit older for centre-backs, and I think they have very short career spans where they're at the top of their game, much less than strikers. Mm. Because for centre-backs... Yeah, because for centre-backs, I think it's almost 50-50 physicality and experience, whereas for strikers, I think a lot of it, a lot of physicality and a lot of dynamism can make up for a lack of experience. You grow experience and learn how to score goals later on. Early on in your career, you score goals because you're fast and you're strong and you're bigger than everyone. Mm. So for Rob Holding at his age, and we've seen this a couple of times with him, he seems to be able to come in for a couple of games and look great. But whenever it actually gets put on him for a three or four game period of time, he struggles. And I think it was the same with Callum Chambers. Very similar. You know, yeah. you know when he came in against Athleti after um, Koscielny's Achilles went ping. He bossed it. I was like, oh my God, sign him up, sign him he up, sign him it. up. Yeah, yeah. You know, he was, I, I was actually, I, I remember talking to you about it and saying to him, I feel terrible about it. But when Koscielny went off and Chambers came up within better. five minutes, yeah. I was like, this is a good thing. We look better. So I just want to give Rob Holding that that kind of little bit of a caveat that like goalkeepers, I think centre-backs mature later. Yeah. And I think it's it's probably time he now gets pulled back out of the firing line and gets allowed to Well, he will as grow. soon as Socrates gets... No. I, I honestly didn't no, think No, it was just a couple awful. of big errors. And I, just thought, yeah. I just thought he got done. I thought he looked uncomfortable on the ball. I don't think he's a left-sided centre-back. He's a right-sided centre-back. Kept trying to shift the ball onto the other foot. Um, and and so I, I, just game, wanted, I just wanted to yeah. I just wanted to give him that out. And I also For wanted sure. to say, in a game when we were getting fucked, when we weren't holding onto the ball and the ball kept coming back to him. So I also think that the game had an element of responsibility to him not playing as well. It wasn't like he made a huge amount of personal errors no no and in a game where i found it a struggle because overall it was a positive outcome a couple of those in your opinion in in my opinion (laughs) 
Well, it has I to felt... be a positive outcome because we should have won it 5-1. Yeah. And end, no, so. that, that's right. That's right. And when we missed a couple of opportunities. So, well, more than a couple, probably four or five even. So, in a game where... two hours. Wow. In a, <laughs> in a game <laughs> where we are, you know, we, we're trying to find negatives rather than having outlandish negatives that what we're used to dealing with. <laughs> Hence the whole reason for our negative threes, which is starting to become a bit harder. Um then yeah. Oh, I didn't have an yeah. issue. I didn't yeah. have an issue with negative three this week. And Toby, you know it pains me to do it because you know he's my favourite. He's my favourite and I love him. Lieutenant fucking Dan, you legless cunt. You are so slow, so slow of thought. And any time you get a dynamic player around you who is either going to press you or move the ball quickly, you just get stuck. I thought he was god-awful. When he went to left back, I shit myself. And I'm really happy that he didn't end up getting heavily tested in a defensive perspective. I actually thought he was okay mm. at left back. And I did think that him being at left back opened up the game because all of a sudden a passing channel arose for him. My issue with Granite Xhaka is that his ceiling is so high, but his floor is fucking so rotten it's basically the seller. Mm. His highest point and his lowest point, the distance is just expansive. And it can be within 10 minutes, not just within 90 minute periods, within 10 minute periods, within five minute periods. Well, it's, it's, it's ironing out those, you know, those rotten floor moments. Like, I like don't think, just... I don't think he's capable of it, Toby. Do you know what my honest opinion is? My honest opinion is I think we should sell him as fast as we can. And I'm not saying to replace him with a Genduzi or to replace him with a Maitland-Niles or to replace him with a Ramsey. I think that in that position, in that eight, now that we have Torreira playing that well in the deepest role, I feel like if we now go into the market and we buy someone who is consistent, and I think there's a lot of people out there who can do what Xhaka does when he's on. I don't think Xhaka is so much better than anyone else in the world at the things he does well, but I think that we can probably find someone who's going to do, but do you reckon what he, he does well as well. He's still young. No, I, no I, I, I really feel that for Arsenal to get much better... Mm. The two, if, if I was to buy three positions right now to make Arsenal a premiership team, and I'm talking take everyone who's in the team and hold everyone in the team right now, and I'm talking ins and outs, mm. right? So get rid of someone, bring someone in. I'm probably looking at a right wing forward of world-class stature. Yeah. I'm looking at a number eight of world-class stature, and I'm looking at a left-sided defender of world-class stature. I will keep everyone else in the team. And I think with those three positions, we could push. Mm. I'm actually ready to be done with the Granite Jacker thing. I understand what his offensive value added, um, what his offensive value added marks are. But I honestly think it's got to come to a point where we look at him and we say, can we not get someone 
better. Mm. And also he's a shit cunt. And he has no legs. <laughs> I thought he was god awful. I, I think I've got four. I think I've, I've marked it down here like five giveaways. There's a moment, Toby, where he actually stops and you can see his brain ticking over. <laughs> so, like, so he's not just slow in leg, he's slow in brain. No, I'm actually convinced that he's not actually that slow in legs. It's his brain. Yeah. Right, like he, he, he seems to take so much yeah. time to make a decision, which is why when the player's on top of him, he just fucking malfunctions. He, he, he's better going forward when he has time than he is under pressure. So I, I get that. I, I feel like we're probably going to enter into territory that we've, that we've discussed at nauseam in the past. I was about to say that if Ramsey could actually hold his position and do a defensive Never duty, will. then he could be more of that player. But I actually think Xhaka gives more control than a Ramsey does. Hence why he's preferred. Yeah, but Ramsey in a tight space is more technical and better on ball retention. I know, but he but he if you could combine if you could combine the two space. if you could make Grambo or Arrett, Arrett, Arrett Grambo, right? If you could Acker. put the two of them to... Acker. Arca. A-A though, spelt with two A's. Arca. Arca Grambo. Sounds like fucking, I don't know, orcish language or something. Anyway, if you could put the two of them together, you got the perfect player. My argument is, I gave him a, number, I gave him a negative three. I thought he was shit house. I've given him some positive points in week gone past. Lou, I've given him Lou some Tenant positive points Dan. in weeks gone past. Lieutenant I Dan gave, has returned. Lieutenant Dan, you ain't got no legs again. We're coming up to about two and a half hours Fuck here. Me. My wife's my wife's gonna kill me at some point. Um, Toby, let's just really rattle through quickly. Let's not stress out about Europe. Yes, we have Sporting Lisbon. It's the hardest game in the group. I assume we're going to go there. Our players and win it. who've been rested, so we won't spend yep. too much time on this. Our players, no, who, no, who almost, have been almost no time. We'll we'll get a run. Maybe you bang a I man. Think, I think we'll, I think nine. we'll make it. A, I think we'll make it eleven in a row. Yeah. Well, actually, Welbs didn't play at all. I've got a funny feeling Welbs will play. We'll start up top. He didn't play at all. Yeah. I think you'll see Smith Rowe. I think you might see Ainsley Maitland Niles come back in. He's fit. He's yep. fit. I really want to talk about him next week. In another Spend pod. Spend a bit of time talking about him in another pod. I can't wait uh, for him. Next Vieira. There, there was there was a video that got put up of him last season, his highlights last season. Yeah, I, I fucking, wrote, I love that. I just bit. wrote, watch your back. Watch your back, Granite Jacker. There's a serious player here. Mm. Um, I think we'll beat Sporting Lisbon. And then straight after Sporting Lisbon, Toby, we've got Crystal Palace. You got any fear there for, for the end of Project 24? Oh, a little bit. My old neck of the woods, Selhurst Park. Um, yep, I worked on Gypsy Hill in Crystal Palace <laughs> as well. <laughs> um, usually I would fear that. Amazing, hostile crowd. You know, I'd love to go there and watch a game. 
Um, Best player outside of the top six. Yeah, in, in Zaha, but fuck me, they have some problems at the moment. And I tell you what, I would take Zaha well, at Arsenal. He could, in a he could solve that wide problem. He, he wouldn't track yep. back very well, and we would probably be discussing his deficiencies that way very quickly, I should imagine. But yeah, he'd be pretty exciting going forward. And we've looked at him before. Quick prediction. Toby for the Crystal Palace game. First of all, I just want to know, do we complete Project 24? Yes, I, I think we do. I think we do. I think we do. And a quick prediction? I think it'll be a tough game. I think Hodgson will t- set the team up really well. He, he's he's a good manager that way and it'll be like a scrappy 1-0 or something like that. Like We'll get there, but it'll be hard fought. I don't think this will be a Fulham. I don't think it'll be... Um, yeah, any any of the games that we've overcome, where we've um, really negated our bad first half performance, so I think this will be a nerve, a nerve wrangling, fucking nail biting, scrappy one nil to the Arsenal. I don't think they've got as much going forward. Ben Teki is not in good form. I think Zaha's really the only one we've we really have to worry about. Yeah. Um, whereas the Leicester game, I saw it as banana skin. I've I've thought this one's probably yeah. going to be a win. Yeah. But for some reason, I don't think there's going to be a great deal of goals, and I think Hodgson's probably going to have them compact and hard to break down. Yeah. I, yeah. I think maybe two one, two nil, something along those lines. But I think I, I think a win for Arsenal. Yeah. And then we'll move on with Frieden thirty five, and that would be like the greatest thing in the history. Of our lives. Well, no, I mean, I mean, after after that, we've got Liverpool. So, I mean, really, everything. Freedom twenty four has been building. Freedom up to, thirty five could happen if we if we drew. Yeah, maybe. But I'm look. Everything's been building up to the Liverpool game. I've made my sentiments clear that I I think that if we take the same we're in for a, attitude for a walloping into the Liverpool game, we're going to be in for a first half walloping. Anfield 20, 2015? Anfield twenty fifteen. Yeah, yeah. PTSD. Anyway, let's yep. let's maybe that's maybe that's why I'm so worried because I've got PTSD. Let's wrap this mofo up. So, but everyone listening to us, one of the more back and forthy, little bit angry, a little bit more upset podcasts that we've had. A lot's been thrown out into the ether, um, but that's what we do here at the Ars Brothers. We we speak from the heart. Toby, as always. Thank you so much for joining me. We'll see you straight after the Crystal Palace game. And we hope to get this pot out to you in a very timely fashion. Cheers, guys. Good night. Good night. <laughs>